NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! The five-star reviews are in, and it's confirmed. SaveWithConrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfreeshows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh, You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others for, yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week, early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at adfreeshows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com. It's the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'd be glad you did. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Wings! Legendary flavors! World championship wings! Woo! Woo wings! Yeah! Woo woo! Broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell. And today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, one half of the very first tag teams to hold the NWA and WWF Tag Team Championships, a man synonymous with the television title and the creator of the Spine Buster. Now, it's not the Anderson Slam. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week? I'm doing well. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, Top Guy Weekend. 
Sorry I was unable to attend. Hope everybody had a good time. I'm sure you, you guys made it a wonderful weekend for all of our folks. It was uh, it was a busy weekend, Arn. Lots going on, lots of stage shows. It was really nice to connect faces and names. And uh, we had quite a few people asking about you. And we know with your uh, travel and everything you going on, just didn't sync up this year. But, uh, man, a lot of good feedback on people that are loving and digging the Arn show. That's what I get everywhere I go as well. People are enjoying us, Paul, and because I think it's different. It's slowed down to a crawl. We're not up here trying to bury anybody or, you know, get some negative stuff chunks out there in clickbait form so people tune in. And I'm just telling you the way it was and what a day was like in the the, uh, Jim Crockett days and the WWE days and WCW days and the Arn Anderson days. So I think most people are enjoying that journey with us. I absolutely agree, man. It's just kind of taking a step back. It's This is like an audio video diary of the wrestling life of, of Arn Anderson and just kind of going chapter by chapter or month by month, if you will, as we go through this book and just hearing you tell stories of what it was like living in those shoes. I mean, we've heard a lot of good stuff from, you know, your transition out of Crockett to WWF to the interaction that you guys had with Vince on your way out and, and then Tully and everything we've heard the last few weeks that, you know, kind of him going through the drug test and you have decisions to make. I mean, for those that are Arn Anderson fans and fans of this period, uh, I've just really enjoyed being a part of this with you as you've been able to share some of these stories, buddy. Well, it was an emotional time because a lot of career decisions were having to be made and they were being made you know, off the cuff and just instantaneously. And in those days when there was, you know, the business was shrinking down on a daily basis to less and less places to work. If you've got a family, you had to think about those decisions. Absolutely. Big time, big time. Well, buddy, today we're going to discuss your return to the NWA. And, of course, the NWA, part of the name, will be dropped in subsequent months. And I may use WCW and NWA interchangeably at this point. So I want to just give the listeners a head up there. But, Arn, in this time that you were gone, JCP, just as a little bit of a history lesson, was sold to Turner and WCW was formed. And as we had talked about on previous episodes, Dusty was fired Uh, In December of 1988, almost immediately after WCW purchased Jim Crockett Promotions, we know Jim Hurd, he's the former executive of Pizza Hut, took over the operation of the newly minted company beginning in 1989. Look at you, just you look super excited about that. I was so impressed with the Pizza Hut guy was taking us over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and he does take uh, the brunt of the blame for a number of missteps that took place during his watch. It's hard to argue that this isn't one of Ric Flair's best years, though, in ring in the business. He had those three matches on with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. They were all unique. And 30-plus years held in the highest regard as far as wrestling trilogies are concerned. From there, the program, they moved to, to Funk, Muda, Gary Hart, and others. And that, my friend, is where we're going to pick up our story time this month. Are you ready to jump back in to December 1989, my friend? You bet, because things were about to get better. They were, man. The return of Arn Anderson. And uh, your return would take place uh, in November uh, on the 28th of 19, uh, 1989. WCW recorded TV at Center Stage in Atlanta, and during the matinee show, WCW recorded two episodes of World Championship Wrestling, which we all loved, and your return would air on December 9th episode, and Arn, 
This is the first clip of the week, the return of the clips. Let's take a look at how it all went down, my friend. December 9th, 1989. Here we go. First of all, let's get something straight. Don't be threatening me. And what you want to do to me means nothing. You got your surprise ready? Oh, I got a surprise, my friend. You just opened your eyes wide. You know something? Slick Rick, I got a surprise for you, too. Come on out, gentlemen. Well, Buzz Sawyer, Muda, and the Dragon Master out here. I don't think they were invited. Wait a minute. I don't like... Why are you putting a surprise? There ain't nothing. Cause look at this. Come hey, hey, hey. surprise that he promised it looks like the fans are very appreciative of the fact that Ole and Arn Anderson are with the nature boy well the bottom line is you better like it is the wrestling world needs to be shaken up there are some people disguised as wrestlers running rapid in this sport that need to be turned inside out. And when you want to turn people inside out, yes, for the Andersons, they're here, my friends. And Muda Luger, make no mistake, in the Omni Wednesday night, nobody's going to interfere in my match. I'll tell you what, there's one big thing that's missing in the world today, and that's law and order. Now, who in the world is going to be a better sheriff? Who's going to keep law and order better than the wrecking crew back in business? The four horsemen they talked about were dead and gone. Well, here's the people right here that'll tell you all day long. We're back. Gary Hart, Luger, all your henchmen out there, Hart, Sawyer, and Muda, and the Dragon Master. Bring all of those boys down there to the Omni, to wherever you want, because we're ready for you, Calabar. There's an old saying, do not jump a dog in his own backyard, and don't mess with family. Sawyer, Muda, Dragon Master, Hart, you want to jump on these dogs in our backyard, our backyard is the NWA. It started here. And by God, it's going to finish here. A la carte, the four horsemen. Thank them. All right, fans, coming out woman on world championship. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Arn, how good did it feel throwing those four fingers back up in the air again? Boy, you don't know. And just the fact that I was back in Georgia, back in Atlanta, back at home, not looking at my calendar and going, nothing, man, there's not an off day anywhere on this thing. The whole complexion of my life changed. And we were probably one of the greatest Christmases we've ever had that That's year. Awesome. Really was. Any nerves or just all excitement? I saw you rocking that Georgia shirt. That was a that was a really cool. Did you see your red? Uh, you it? bet. Oh yeah. I'm a huge Braves fan. I'm a huge Georgia fan. I'm a huge Carolina Panthers fan. And ECU is current. Uh, that's the teams I pull for. My nice. son graduating there, and but wearing that Georgia shirt on that show for that. <laughs> Brother Edge, I mean, it meant something. It was not yeah. just a random selection because I like red and black. It was. Uh, yeah, it meant something to you. And so there was no no nerves, just all excitement, you would say. No nerves, man. Yeah. I was so thankful to be back and just, I just felt at home for the first time in a long time. So cool. Anything in particular that stands out from the day that you returned to WCW? Just did the environment feel any different at all? Just Or was it just, man, I'm so thankful and just want to hug everybody's neck? Well, it was the difference, and no, this is no reflection on anybody, but it was just that there's a difference in being in, in uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, Altoona, or, or somewhere like that, and a foot and a half of snow in December for the WWF, and being in Atlanta, Georgia for the WWF. Same time frame, familiar surroundings, short trip. You know, Charlotte's just up the road. I know I'm going to be getting home the next day or the day after that. And, you know, if I want to, I can drive that night. It's it's whatever I choose to do. It's just the South and wrestling in the South just has a meaning for me because it was, you know, where I was born and raised. That's right. Well, we've spent, we haven't spent a lot of time, should I say, talking about him in our past episodes, but... There was a guy standing in that ring to kick off the segment, and I want to hear what your thoughts are working with the legendary Gary Hart. Well, I mean, Gary was a very smart man in the business, and I never worked directly with him as my manager or this situation. Being on the other side of the ring was my first business dealings with Gary. I'd just known that he had booked in Dallas and a few different places and his word was was valid with a lot of people and had a good reputation so i knew he would be a businessman um he always seemed to manage the um, foreign wrestlers which immediately was a easy pass to heat 
So it was going to be a, a good angle. So I want to ask because this kind of this taping took place November twenty eighth. The next time we find you for our history of wrestling, as we go through and find your matches, would be December fifth. So a few days, about a week. Do you remember? Was it you and Oli like right back on the road with Flair? I mean, was it back to being that four horsemen kind of touring act? Well, it was just TV there for a bit. I think. Yeah. There were, there were no house shows, so that makes the difference in the world. We're just doing televisions and getting one or two ahead, uh, but. Once they put us together on this TV, I would imagine everything going forward would have been some combination of us. Yeah, so the next time we do see is in Dayton, Ohio, to your point. It's December 5th, matinee show, and this is a TV taping, Arn. And this time you work three different matches. It's you and Ole taking on the State Patrol. Later on in the show, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew defeats the Freebirds. And the third match... You wrestled and defeated Mike Rotunda. Man, so much for easing you back in, Double uh, A. They're throwing it all right at you. Well, yeah. Hey, holy smokes! Ease. You can't even get your foot off. Ease up on that pedal a little bit. Yeah. I don't. I don't mind easing back into the company, but that's the way we did TV. Yeah. When you're just a TV company, and that's what they were at the time—just a TV company. They weren't a touring company and running live events. You had to get them, you know, you had to look, okay, at the end of the month, this Christmas, these guys are going to want to be off. So how can we get these TVs ahead so they got them in the can with Christmas? And I, I got to mention it, too. Uh, you're working with Ole again. I mean, talk about being paired with Ole right out of the gate again. Obviously, Tell, Telly's not in the picture anymore. I never, uh, you know, I never hesitate to say how much I learned watching Ole Anderson as his opponent. And as his partner, he just was very legitimate and uh, a grumpy son of a gun. Yes. <laughs> and we all know that. And I knew that going in and you just accept that for what it was. But the fact is, when the bell rang, there was nothing that he did that wasn't credible in the ring. And uh, he wasn't dangerous and he wasn't reckless, but you could not see through any of his work. He was, uh, everything you were watching was 100% legit. Arn, uh, for those of us that may not be aware, when's the last time you talked or spoke to Ole Anderson that you can recall? Hmm. Would probably be uh, at the Charlotte. They have a... Uh, yeah, their fan uh, convention down there. That big fan convention. I think pretty much yearly, Greg Price used to... Yeah, now host that. I think yeah. that was probably the last time I saw Oli was when we all got together, because his health has not been good for a long, long time. Mm. He doesn't okay. travel. Yeah, I think that would have been like maybe oh five, oh six, something like that, oh seven, something back in those years. Could have been. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, the next four days you were not listed as wrestling on any of the house shows, but Flair would work with Mood on top, and based on the storyline, you and Oli were immediately inserted. Uh, into upon your return i would imagine that you guys had to be on the card in some way but this is the schedule i'm referring to so you got buffalo new york is at the war memorial auditorium on december 7th the scope in norfolk and as december 8th and then the armory in dc on the 9th following these three days on the road wcw would then return home to the home of the four horsemen the greensboro coliseum for a matinee television tapings and at that show you and Oli would take on the State Patrol for the December 23rd taping of World Championship Wrestling. I guess getting right back into the ring with Oli, though, was it just like riding a bike again as far as working together as a tag team? Yeah, it just 
came right back and uh, the same things that we did, the Anderson uh, tag team moves and stuff. Yeah. Just you know, we didn't have to talk about it. We just knew if he snatched something and he looked at me and I knew what he wanted and vice versa. And now as you're coming back, you're working with some different talent than you worked with on the way out. We've already talked about uh, the great Muda and, you know, guys like that, that and Gary Hart's group. So I guess that's got to be a little bit exciting. Buzz Sawyer, who you've known from your past too, he's involved in these angles. So you have to be looking forward to mixing it up with some of these, you know, newer faces, I guess, specifically talking about the, you know, great Muda. Yeah, and Muda was so talented. He was a huge star. You know, even though he was a heel, he had such a great look. I mean, he's a handsome guy. His, his paint, you know, was oh yeah, was All immaculate. Point. He looked yeah. like he looked like a superstar. You know, Buzz Sawyer. You know, you knew you were going to be. Yeah, just had to keep your eyes open when you were in the <laughs> ring with Buzz because you knew you were in for a bar fight. That's right. And that, you know, that's the He's way scary. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he sure was. And in and, and a lot of areas, not the greatest of, of human beings. Mm, okay. You know, so when I say you kept your eye on him, you kept your eye on him. Gotcha. You didn't know what to expect. There wasn't a real big trust level there. Mm, okay. Well, later on in that same show that I just talked about, that December 23rd taping, after you wrestled the State Patrol, Sting wrestled uh, Lex Luger, winning the match by DQ when Luger hit Sting with a steel chair, and Sting went for the Stinger Splash. Following the conclusion of that match, Flair comes out and confronts Luger. Then you got Gary Hart's army. You got Dragon Master, Muda, and Buzz Sawyer. They all jump on Flair. You and Ole made the save again for Sting and Flair. And now after this hot angle, the fans watched you wrestle again, this time for World Championship Wrestling that would air after Christmas on December 30th. And this one, you took on Bob Cook. And uh, you would defeat Bob Cook, winning the match by pinfall. I'm not even going to ask you if you have any fond memories of working with Bob Cook. I don't imagine you remember much of Bob Cook, unless no, I'm Bob, wrong. No, Bob Cook had what is uh, probably... See, I'm wrong. Rev <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are on this one. You're not yeah. all wrong very often, but Bob <laughs> Cook was a tremendous talent, had one of the best punches in the business. Oh, there you go. I like it. I mean, of everybody. So you got Bobby Bobby Eaton, who probably had the best, and the different guys that have been through. For some reason, the guys that went through the, the Tennessee territory just threw good punches. They just did. Bob Cook, I think, was from Florida and threw an excellent punch and was a excellent performer. He was one of those guys that when you got to TV and you saw your name was on the sheet against Bob Cook, you know, you, you better be on your toes because the guy was very talented. You know you're working with a good worker. And Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. There you go. Well, Bob, if you're listening to the show, there you go. Arn Anderson felt very highly about you and your skill in the ring, and uh, we move on. So December 11th, the crew made the short drive to Raleigh, North Carolina. See, you loving this, being in the Carolinas, working, Damn the, right. <laughs> working the Dorton Arena. The taping was headlined by Flair and Sting versus Muda and Luger. This match took place two days uh, before Starcade 1989, where the four would wrestle each other in a tournament, a major departure from previous years. But later in that show, it would have you, Arn, and Ole wrestling Mike Thor and Ned Brady. You won the match, and that would air on December 30th edition of Worldwide. Four minutes, 16 seconds, and that win, Arn, came by way of the Spine Buster. And yes, this promotion knows what your move's called. Uh, there's no issues with that. During the, <laughs> during the match, Hart would cut a promo on the Horsemen and Sting, calling the Horsemen three jackasses, made fun of Sting, too. 
And then, I mean, Gary Hart, man, he was, he was, I wish I would have had more exposure to Gary Hart as a manager. I know he was in world-class championship wrestling. And I remember as a kid watching some of this run with him. But I mean, when you talk to guys like you and Tom Pritchard and, and others, there's a lot of people that remember, have a lot of respect for Gary Hart and what his contribution was to the wrestling business. Yeah, he wasn't just a manager. He was, like I said, he was a booker, an assistant, yeah. assistant booker. And in those days, you know, if you had a highly successful wrestling company, part of that and a big part was that you had a pretty smart booker running the show behind the scenes because he wasn't just booking his stuff. He had to book stuff for everybody. And uh, you had to have a wealth of knowledge and you had to have a pretty even keel as far as you know, keeping up with where you were TV-wise, because, you know, as we know in these days, when you tape so many shows out of sequence, you got man, you've got to stay. you got to have that backup book where you look at it and go, okay, here's what we did here. This is going to air here. We can't have this stepping on that. And it's a lot of book work, a lot of thought process went to booking a territory in those days. Absolutely. Even from promos to making sure you're staying in line with the, with the storytelling aspect of it. You can't give stuff away. You don't want to touch on certain things if it's not even been on TV yet. So it's a little bit uh, tougher than it looks when you're just sitting down watching it from your couch, uh, you know, making sure you get all that stuff uh, up to speed. Well, listen, we move on on two days later. It's time for Starcade. The granddaddy of them all, 1989. The event takes place in the Omni in Atlanta with a crowd of 6,000 in attendance. Arn, you and Ole didn't wrestle in the tag tournament on the card, but did run Gary Hart's men off when they tried to interfere in the Flair Muda match uh, that one night for that four-man tournament. Flair and Sting closed out the show with Sting winning the contest and subsequently the tournament. And for something different, the Horsemen and Sting join forces and if you don't believe me, fans, check it out because we have the clip. And our second clip of the week, it's Starcade 89. Sting joins with the Four Horsemen. Here we go, Arn. And the entire singles tournament is Sting! Flair was right in his face. Flair was right up in his face. I thought he was going to go right after him after that match was over. He's still going back to him. Here comes the Andersons in there. The Horsemen are in the ring. What's going on here? Thing. Flair shook his hand. That is flat. What's, what, what's Arn Anderson doing here? What's going on here? They're holding up the sign of a horseman. The stinger has won it. Fans will take another look at the closing moments of this before we go. Man, when you get that Anderson stamp of approval. You know you've made it. That that just it felt special. Um, that was cool for Sting. And it it was a, just a teaser. But if the little H, you know, the the bubble would have popped up by our head, it would be, hey, think about being a horseman, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you never thought about. He already had the color scheme down. You know, you guys had your coral shirts on, and you were ready to go. And uh, but man, as a fan again in this era, excited because Sting is. Mr. Electricity, the Horseman, legendary. You bring the two together, and uh, so again, I'm I'm throwing down the popcorn. Not that it takes much for me to do that, 
and uh, <laughs> really excited to see what's happening here. So we know Sting is going to become the man the next year. For the next 60, day, though, 60 days, though, Sting is unofficially a horseman, and the intention is having Flair pass the torch at Russell War 1990 because the victory in the Starcade tournament gave him that title match against Flair. So that's what we're thinking is going to happen here as the fan. We know that the match is delayed to the Great American Bash, and we will get to both events in the coming weeks. But what did you make of having Sting, the biggest babyface in the company, Arn, joining the Horsemen to close out this Starcade? Well, the tease was the fun. You know, there were a lot of people that said, no, 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 no. A lot of people were saying, Sting, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it split the crowd, and you didn't have to beat everybody over the head with it. They knew that we had kind of been romancing him. And uh, then they were just kind of going to sit back and watch and see the way that it uh, manifested itself yeah. and unfolded. Yeah. Yeah. Well, buddy, after a big event such as Starcade 89, you have to imagine there was only two things our favorite wrestlers not named Ric Flair wanted, and that's a stiff drink and a good night's sleep. And since Blue Chew is not a sponsor this week, there will be no nation on this program because a statesman like Arn Anderson only wanted four kamikazes and five hours of sleep. Well, thanks to our friends at Chili Sleep, Arn doesn't need the adult beverages any longer. No, Chili Sleep makes customizable, controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. And Arn, we know how important a good night's sleep can be, right? You know, if Chili Sleep would have been around back then when I was young and shit, I probably only needed three hours sleep. <laughs> oh, buddy, that's a, it's a good point, man. There ain't nothing like turning on the switch to that Chili Sleep and getting that bed nice and cool. And they make two systems that can do that for you. For you. They have the Oler and the Cube Sleep system. They're hydro-powered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers. That's right. You just top put the topper right over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. And if that's not enough, they also make the chili blanket. It's a weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for that ultimate sweat-free sleep. Arn has said it over and over again. Nobody wants to wake up sweaty. We like it nice and dark and nice and cool, buddy. And Arn, they can sleep like we do if they head over to chilisleep.com forward slash Arn to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new Cube or Oler sleep system. This offer is available exclusively for Arn listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili, C-H-I-L-I, sleep.com slash Arn to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Let me just make a just off-the-cuff comment because I know that everyone out there falls under this umbrella. This was one of the hottest summers, if not the hottest summer, across this country, right? It was. I mean, it was, I know in Charlotte, it was like from June all through August was 90-plus degrees. Toasty, yeah. You know, chilly sleep, one of the remedies, one of the remedies, you know, and uh, keep the place cool because let's just face it, even though you had air conditioning, you had all the other things, a lot of places just, it was really putting a strain on the system, you know, yeah. so this is just another way to, to help yourself out. Yeah, and help those air conditioning bills too, so you don't, you know, you don't need to turn it necessarily into an igloo if you have that helping, so... 100%. Speaking of cool 
that's this era of wrestling, Arn. And we're still here December. It's the December 14th at the Civic Center in Peoria, Illinois. 3,500 fans attended the TV tapings. And it's noted in our results that the event was heavily papered and Sting, Muda, and the Skyscrapers and the Steiner brothers brothers were all no-shows. Don't know what uh, the story was there, but they didn't show up. And on this show, it is announced that you'll be facing the great Muda the following late week. Later on in the show, in 13 minutes and 26 seconds, you and Ole would defeat Jack Victory and Rip Morgan in a match that would air on January 5th, 1990, an episode of NWA uh, Power. And listen, aren't no disrespect for either of these guys who are fantastic workers in their own right, but 13 minutes on TV is a, is a long time. Do you think this was because of all the no-shows probably that was going on at this point uh, for this card? They needed... They needed the time, and they needed the time out of recognizable talent. That's true. I can can tell you, and and you wouldn't have went out and and ate those guys up anyway. It just would not have been good business because they were good performers, and they could give you a great match. It, regardless of public opinion, it did not hurt you to be competitive with somebody on TV if they were talented and they looked like they should be there. And they should have been there. So it's only when you try to stretch out more time out of guys that are really, really green that you expose yourself. Now, that makes good sense. It always doesn't have to be the rock and rolls and the midnights and the warriors. It can be guys that are, like you said, guys that are really good hands, that can wrestle, that are going to entertain, know how to entertain fans. It doesn't always have to be top one, two, three, but as long as they're guys that are great workers, you're going to have fun and go out there and put on a good show. Well, and going 13 minutes with the Andersons, something you can hang your hat on. Boom. I love it. There you go. So good for those guys. That's something that Jack Victory and, uh, you know, Rip Morgan uh, can now talk about going 13 minutes with the, uh, with, uh, you know, Arn and Ole. That's, that's, that's nothing to, uh, you know, be upset about for sure. So here we are. It's the 15th of the month. WCW ran the Keel Auditorium in front of only 1,300 fans for more television tapings. And of note, the next show scheduled for this market was canceled because of the low turnout. You and Ole did not wrestle on this show, but you were all over television on December 16th. And in a match in November for World Championship Wrestling, you and Ole wrestled and defeated Pat Rose and the Galaxian when Rose submitted to Ole's armbar. But prior to the match, Gary Hart gave Rose a pair of pliers that he would try to use on you. Let's take a look at the action arm. Yes, we got the clip and the promo from the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. Here we go. Gentlemen, the wrestling world is talking about this reunion. Arn Anderson is back along with Ole Anderson. We're going to be seeing them in action in just a moment here in Worldwide Wrestling. Ric Flair, as I said, the wrestling world is talking about this reunion. Gary Hart and company looking over their shoulders worried. The wrestling world is doing more than talking about this. I promise. And you can hear the reaction. This is professional wrestling at its very best. I promised the fans worldwide the biggest surprise and the biggest day in my wrestling career and it's the reunion of my friends Ole and Iron right here there's a lot of guys right now walking around by the grace of God and you know what the three of us are going to start taking care of business right Rock? I tell you what if ever there was a time for a little bit of law and order the people don't like what's been going on, and we don't like what's been going on either. Gary Hart, you and your people, 
Muda, Dragon Master, and Buzz Sawyer. You've done all you're going to do because the time has come to stop it. And that's why the record crew, the horsemen, Ric Flair, we're back together and we're going to do some serious... Hello, Double A! Welcome back to the National Wrestling Alliance. This is going to have a shock value to a lot of people. I ran across this country and everywhere I went, everybody said, why aren't you back with Vic? Why aren't you back with Ole? And it started to sink in. Every chance I could, I cut on that TV and I watched the NWA show and I saw what was happening. But I want everybody to understand one thing. Ric Flair didn't call me. He didn't call Ole. I called him because there's a myth that used to exist in the Re National Wrestling Alliance that was called the Four Horsemen. And by God, it started here. And by God, it's going to end here. Ric Flair is one hell of a man, but no one man can fight everybody. But when you've got family together, there's an old saying, you don't jump a dog in his own backyard and you don't mess with family. In this case, the family are the four horsemen. Woo! All right, fans, stand by for action with Ole and Arn Anderson next on Worldwide Wrestling. From Minnesota, see these two together again. What a great sight here in the National Wrestling Alliance. Hey, it is a great sight. It is a great sight, but there's there's a four horseman. We're talking about the horseman, but where's the mule? Who's going to carry the load? Who's going to carry the load? I'm going to ask you that, Cruz. Is I, it going to be Ric Flair? I'll tell you what. I don't like any one of the three of them, but I respect their wrestling ability. Connor's uh, tying up there with Ole. Connor's a local boy as well. He's from Knoxville. Well, you see that Anderson move right there. They they grab something and they'll grab a hold of it and they won't let up on it. They're like bulldogs whenever it comes to working on a on a limb and weakening it down and then just taking that match with it. And I I'd be willing to bet you all the money in the world that Rip Connors never even makes a tag because stay on that arm. Well, there's a tag of Arn to, uh, to Joe Cruz. Just tagged him. He's backed up. Now. Well, Here's I Tom. just lost my money. How much did you bet anyway? Well, I'll tell you what, I would bet a lot on that. Arn taking a couple of Whoa. shots from Cruz there. Whipped around. Since a flip, it's not going to work with this Arn Anderson. Wow. Look at the viciousness of Arn Anderson. Just drives the blonde head of Cruz into the ring. Into the, into the, the uh, ring post, I should say, or the ring mat. He's in on top of him with a heart punch right back to an arm. Wings him over. Now he goes around into a form of a of a spinning arm lock right there. And this believe be a me, that puts hold. a tremendous amount of pressure on that wrist and on that elbow. Picking him up. Now he's going to slam him on that elbow. See what I'm telling you, Chris, is you pick out a spot and you work on it, Crispy. I'm trying to teach you something about uh, wrestling science knowing what to do well terry i thank you for that listen to me crispy i know what i'm talking about whoa what That's a, a forearm. no choice Ole and arn both working hard on this young man joe cruz wow there's arn now he's whips cruz into the ropes whips him into the ropes
Gets him back up. Here comes Ole off of that top rope. Oh! Right on the elbow and that clavicle area right there. Now he's got that wrist lock on him, cranking on the pressure. That's it. That's it. Now, yeah, there you go. Wow. Quick work. He's up on that triple getting the four horse three. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Anderson. This is a good that's a guy that's extremely good. for you. Keep in mind, Hart. Well, damn, nobody told uh, Terry Funk your move's called the Spine Buster either. Belly to belly with a side turn. But if you're Terry Funk, you get away with it. He's there you go. There He's you earned go. the right to call it anything he wants. Oh, man. Well, listen, uh, it's great to have you back on the microphone again as you spit out that promo at the beginning. How did it feel, man, to, to finally just be able to get on a microphone and be able to spin your lyrics as only you could, uh, you know, prior to the WWF? I just, it felt great. I was home, it, you know, it was just, wrestling is something that, that I wanted to do since I was eight years old, and, uh, you know, being a, a clown in a circus was not part of it, Yeah. and uh, thank God we didn't get subjected to a lot of that, but still, you know, I just, it just felt like being like, like in St. Louis and some of those towns where they respect wrestling, it just felt like I was in the right place. Now you got to remember something to remember is even though there were a lot of Jim Crockett talent that went to work with WCW, WCW was a startup company. You know, they yeah. had just did. And whenever they bought Jim Crockett from that point forward, couldn't have been that long to what we're looking at right now. Right. Uh, right. So, so, so it was a start. They were learning, you know, they were doing a lot of things that, and attempting a lot of things, but they were in the learning process. And the fact is, the power of those television stations, TBS, TNT, I just, it reached so many homes and it was such strong cable uh, outlets for people to see wrestling that never had before. So it, it was a work in progress and we were just getting started. It was nice to be there on the ground floor. There you go. Well, listen, it was great to have you back on the microphone. Uh, you're back. The intensity peak Arn Anderson uh, for me at this point. And if that wasn't enough, that same day, uh, your very first match uh, back there on uh, Worldwide would air. Uh, we actually have the match, but before you watch it, we have a promo where the Nature Boy is flanked by you guys as well. I'm excited to see you very, uh, you know, going on here. This is more than 30 seconds. Uh, let's take a look at it. our clip uh Again, clip four here from Worldwide. Let's check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is a special tag team match. First from Trenton, Georgia, in the ring at 228 pounds, Pat Rose. His partner is from the Outer Galaxy. This is the Galaxian. Their opponents are in. So, Arn, I'm going to mute it here. This is uh, when we were going through, I was going through the notes. This is the match that we referred to, I believe, with the pliers. And uh, the clips uh, got out of order here, but I believe this is the one. We're going to check it out and see if this is the one or not. I don't know, but we'll take a look. But here you guys are with those satin jackets again. The Anderson representing the horsemen. Getting a great ovation. It was great to see those guys. Ole Anderson came back. To join forces with Ric Flair for Halloween Havoc on October 28th. And then last Saturday, 
right here on World Championship Wrestling, the surprise. You're seeing that surprise in the ring now with a very wide base with the arm bar, taking the shoulder against the green. And keeping them on their side of the ring. No chance for a tag. They're making the life miserable for Pat Rose right now. They're making it so miserable that if he lasts another three minutes, I'll be very, very surprised. I would concur with that. Fans, don't forget the big Christmas week, the biggest week of the year for the NWA. Over 30 of the greatest stars in the sport live. Christmas Day at 2 in Greenville. Christmas night at 8 in Charlotte. The 26th in Knoxville. The 27th in Philadelphia. The 28th in Baltimore. December 29th in the Richmond, Virginia Coliseum. And ending on the 30th of December in the Greensboro Coliseum. And right back here in Atlanta. And further, it will be red hot on New Year's night in the Omni. It certainly will. And I'll break every New Year's resolution. New Year's night that I made New Year's Day. Because I'll be right along with you, Jim Ross. It's going to be a big New Year's Eve here for all of us in Atlanta. But then, because the next night we're going to be in the army. Right there. Look at the wide base. It's what we talked about before. He hurts you every which way. The Andersons like hurt, and they do it basically. They do it in wrestling. They stand on the side, and here's what I said. He's going to slam him, and this is vintage Anderson at its finest. Slamming him on that arm. We may not see the Galaxian again in this match. I will guarantee you see the Galaxian again this match. If I was Pat Rose, I'd say, yes, I'd give up. But I'm not Pat Rose, and I would never give up. But he did. Here are your winners, Arn and Holy Anderson. They represent the horsemen. And we will talk to them in a moment with Nature Boy Ric Flair, but we will take another look at the carnage. The captain of the team, Ole, gets up, high, drives it right in deep. He's going to hook the arm, Pat Rose. You should have given up three minutes ago, and it disallowed all that pain. Welcome back to World Championship Wrestling, Arn. Well, Jim Ross, I've been all across this country in the last year, and all the conversations I had were the same. How's Rick? Where's Ole? They say adversity introduces a man to himself. Well, the horsemen have been through a lot of adversity. There's been some name changes. There's been a few discrepancies within the family. But we always knew family is still family. We may smack each other, but Sawyer, Hart, Muda, Dragon Master, you want to smack us, you got to pay the fiddler. There you hear from the horsemen, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Classic Arn Anderson once again. And uh, it's we move on to December 16th, Arn. And uh, WCW would run the Kobo Arena in Detroit and recorded some of the matches there for television. 2,500 fans watched you and Oli wrestle the Samoan SWAT team comprised of Fatu, of the, uh, you know, also known as the Samoan Savage. You get the win by pinfall over the Samoan Savage, and only a month removed from working with Haku, you're now working with another member of the Samoan dynasty. Any sp- specific memories of working with the Tonga Kid and Fatu? Well, I had, I had worked with the Tonga Kid when he first started down in Pensacola and was uh, Jerry Stubbs and myself wrestled him and Scott Armstrong and Johnny Rich, and we had some really good tags, which led to the Tonga Kid getting brought to New York, WWF at the time. So we had some experience with him, and every one of those guys, the Island Boys, are, I've never seen one that wasn't a great worker. 
they just have it in their you know yeah. their genetics they every single one of them are just excellent and they were no you know no different athletic can do all the moves doesn't matter their size you know i mean look at yokozuna the probably the largest one of them all i mean and still agile and could do it all in the ring but you're absolutely right all great workers and uh and you got to work with quite a few of them back in the day uh we move on december 17th the main event it's you and Oli. you took on the men from bad street atlanta ga michael psa's and jimmy jam garvin the Freebirds, and wouldn't you know it we have the final three minutes of our final clip of the week. It's the Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus the Freebirds. This is going to be fun. I can see Artie smirking. This will be good. <laughs> Should be interesting. Only in the middle of the way. Still has a way to go to get to the corner. Jimmy Garba turned around and caught him from behind. Only Anderson is going to need all of the vaunted Minnesota Wrecking Crew staying power. Look at this! Pixie right up off the canvas. On his back, Michael Hayes rushes him to nail on, and Garvin able to take Oli back. Michael takes over without benefit of the tag. The Freebird wrestling an error-free middle part of this match. I mean, they have been perfected in keeping Holy away from that corner. Again, Holy trying to fight his way out of it to get over the arm, but the Freebirds have cut him off at the pass every time. Look at how smart Garvin was. He went down underneath the blows of Anderson. Put him in the corner. The referee goes back. So that was a little bit of a unique finish, huh? I think we call them botches. <laughs> it, it was, uh, yeah, I think it may, I, you could just tell it was on a move that you guys were used to doing together, you know? 
Yeah, it's something Tully and I did. It was a double uh, chord right. buster, and I don't think Ole, you know, was real familiar with it. And I'm not putting the heat on him. It just was not. Yeah. It was no one's fault. It was just not one of our better performances, and God knows we had some that were not. Uh, every day couldn't be perfect, and this was not perfect, but it was, uh, it was a nice victory over two guys that mattered. You got the win, and like you said, you have been spending so much time with Tully and doing a lot of moves with Tully that now to try to try them with with Ole, I'm sure there was a, an adjustment period. It wasn't, got, auto, it wasn't automatic. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you, though, I'm not, I'm not also used to that look, the black with those, what, Carolina blue almost yeah. boots. That was cool. I like those boots. <laughs> I haven't seen those before. Well, They're that's sharp. one way to try to get us out of this mess. <laughs> but I did. I noticed that. I haven't seen that that look from you. But you guys will get the win over the Freebirds, and I'm sure it was always fun to work with uh, with Michael and uh, and Jimmy Garvin. But uh, following this taping, buddy, the entire crew enjoys a full week off. Wow. Before, yeah, before returning to Horseman Country, Greenville, South Carolina, for a matinee show with the Memorial Auditorium. At the event, you, Ole, and the franchise, Sting, would take on Gary Hart's stable of the Great Muda, Buzz Sawyer, and the Dragon Master. And then later that night, you guys completed the double shot in Charlotte. That event was headlined by Flair defeating Lex Luger. And then you're in Knoxville the following day at the Civic Coliseum, and you were treated to the same match as the day before, seeing you, Ole, and Sting take on Muda, Buzz, and the Dragon Master. And we're about to wrap up the end of this year, 89. It's December 27th, and you return to Philadelphia. The last time you were there, you helped the WWF put 15,000 fans into the spectrum, my friend. This time, 2,100 fans attended the matches at the Civic Center. I always remembered NWA was Civic Center, WWF was Spectrum, and uh, and you watched you and Sting partner together to defeat Mad Dog, Buzz Sawyer, and the Dragon Master, and in the main event, Nature Boy retained his title by defeating Luger. You guys then won over to Baltimore, December 28th. You know these loops. And uh, and then on the 29th, down to Richmond, you, Ole, and Sting defeated Gary Hart's men in the semi-main event of the evening. And then rounding out the month, the Horsemen returned to Greensboro on the 30th. Once again, the main event, Flair is defeating Luger. Now, just to close things out here, Arn, for audience, a peek of what's ahead. Luger, Luger was working heel. The Horsemen are technically baby faces. Even though you all still exhibit that that flexibility with the rules that you know you always did as a horseman, and in February and March, uh, those uh, episodes of 1990, we're going to be talking in detail about the turn that Luger makes when Sting goes down with an injury. Since there are so many moving parts here, I wanted to make sure we tell the story in a way that is clear and accurate. But uh, man, this is fun. This is a fun uh, topic this month. You making your big return, returning with Oli, returning with Ric Flair. Uh, and that's really going to wrap up kind of our coverage of uh, Arn coming back to NWA country. And like you said, man, it felt great, Paul. <laughs> well, it's, uh, again, it's, you got to remember, like some of these houses were down, they were very loyal fans in, in a place like Philly. But you got to remember, WCW coming to town was not the NWA, was not Jim Crockett Promotions, it was not the WWF. It was this new startup company. It was a weird, tra- it was a transitionary period going and, on. And even though you had a lot of familiar faces from Jim yeah. Crockett's promotion, it wasn't 
across the board. So, yeah. you know, uh, it, it was a it was a transitionary time. I think it was good because just when you thought you were only going to have one major company, now it looked like you may have two again. And you're growing new stars. You're seeing Sting really start to take flight. Flair's you know working with Luger quite a bit. You have influx of great Muda. Terry Funk's now a part of it. So you were still learning too and getting used to new some new faces. And right. it is that transitionary period. So a lot going on here. And buddy, as we wrap up, I'm excited for next week because the Enforcer takes on the Great Muda for the television title, and we're going to discuss that match, the events leading up to it the fallout uh on that episode uh it's going to be a lot of fun uh so i'm really looking forward to that one but i appreciate you walking us through all things december 1989 this week arn well i'm glad to have you tag along and uh you know kind of appreciate the way the business was at the time and people were coming and and going and uh not always at the time that you saw it or expected it you know, it's kind of ironic with the volatility of the business today, you know, the way it is in different companies. And it was it's always been that way. So it's not like something that, wow, there's a lot of things going on. It's uh, it's always been that way. Guys came and went and you never knew or saw it coming. And uh, that was this was one of those periods. Listen, on before we get out of here this week, I want to make sure I remind all of our listeners about BoxAgimmicks.com. That's where they can find shirts exactly like the one that I'm wearing this week, not only for the Arn Show, but you can find all the Four Horsemen signature. Uh, there is a awesome, the symbol of excellence, Four Horsemen, a silver classic and a white classic T-shirt that I'm, I'm looking at right now as you and I talk that looks so sharp, the symbol of excellence shirt. I'm going to have to get one. I don't know. Have you seen this new design lately? Well, yeah, and let me tell you what I also got. Uh, our, our friend, uh, Ryan, who's working on all this Horseman stuff for us, sent me a couple of uh, the original Horseman sweatshirts. Okay. And, man, they look they're – they're a complete, exact replica. Replica, Yeah. And I usually don't do this, but we're having some issues, I guess, with uh, with the supply chain and all this stuff. We're wanting to get the original horseman style and type of jackets to all yes. of you that have been asking. We're running into a, a problem, however, finding the right company. A supplier. That- yeah. They can put them out economically for you guys. This is for the fans. We want to get them. I know you've asked about them, but we're running into So if anybody out there has a connection that can make this happen for all of us, please get in touch with us. Paul, you would be okay with that if, if yeah. they got in touch with you. Hit us get- up on social media. That's the best way. The Orange Show, you can DM the account or tag the account, tweet the account. Let us know. We're looking for suppliers for those awesome jackets, those satin jackets that everybody yes. wants a piece of. So yeah. Yes, and they and uh, just so you know, I've been working on this. The hats are about ready to be launched uh, pretty quickly, and uh, I promised everybody that loves nostalgia and and wants some of that stuff. Uh, it's on the way. We just need a little help getting it to you. Arn, there's some, some other exciting projects you're also working on in the fall. Don't know if we're allowed to talk about it here yet. You you let me know when we are. But 
you have some other fun things coming out in the fall that I know Arn Anderson fans are going to be looking forward to as well. Uh, you'll hear about it a lot on the podcast as those things start to happen. But, man, it's uh, it's an exciting time for you. We love seeing you, what you're doing with Brock. I know he's doing a lot of indie events. If you guys are in the area and you see Brock and Arn somewhere uh, being advertised, go, go see him. Tell him you listen to the podcast. Help support uh, indie wrestling. And uh, and Brock is, is out there learning the ropes. He's out there with his dad. What better instructor could Brock have than Arn Anderson? And, uh, man, we just want to support the Anderson family and, and everything that you guys got going, Arn. I'm glad you said that this uh, tonight when this airs, this, you know, in the morning, obviously, but tonight we're going to be in Wadsworth, Ohio, this coming, which will be Saturday, Saturday the 10th. Yeah. 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 Brock's got a match. I'm going to be there signing uh, and we'll be ringside with him. Uh, again, you need to support these these yes. uh, independent companies because that's one of the places that these young guys and girls get their reps, and uh, we're going to be there. Great promotion. You know, the dealings with them so far have been nothing short of phenomenal. So if, if you can, get on down there and see us. We'll be yeah. there. And we'll try to do a better job, Arn and I, of, of kind of making our audience aware of where Brock and Arn are going to be next, right? So that that way you guys can come out and support them, see them, shake their hand, and, and all that good stuff. Keep in mind, just because we're all creatures of habit, the event is 4 to 7. So don't, you know, get there thinking it's going to start at our usual 7, 7, 30, 8 o'clock, whatever it is. 4 to 7, so don't miss it. It's uh, Saturday coming up all right saturday the 10th check it out i'm sure you can find the event um online do you remember the name of the company Arn? The, if they want to try to google it or who it's with while you look there again i want to promote box of gimmicks you can find stuff for the orange show as well as the horseman uh i just found myself down a rabbit hole looking up t-shirts and mugs i didn't even know uh, some new styles that have been uploaded recently so check that out absolute intense wrestling is the there company. it is. is the Absolute company. intense wrestling. Check it out. Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson. Arn, this has been a lot of fun. We're going to do it again all next week. We're into the 90s, January 1990, with the Enforcer. On behalf of the legendary Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.